Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. It's Thursday, August the 5th here. 4.38 is the time. Now, the wildfire situation, of course, is not getting better. It feels like it's only getting worse. The White Rock Lake fire right now, the number one priority for the BC Wildfire Service as it pushes people out of their homes and even more, of course, on evacuation alert, waiting to hear if they have to leave. Now, this is something that's impacting ranchers, not just the fires, but, you know, we got the smoke impacting cattle. We got the drought impacting overall operations as well. So lots at play here as the situation continues. For more, please to welcome to the show General Manager of the BC Cattlemen's Association, Kevin Boone. Kevin, how are you this afternoon? Well, we're coping, coping all right, Jeff. Yeah, well, you're pretty darn close to this White Rock Lake fire right now. So, what uh, what efforts are you taking as you sit there on evacuation alert to keep sure your your property as safe as you can? Well, it's it's kind of the same as anybody. We're trying to protect the buildings and whatnot through water suppression and making sure things are uh, are trimmed down wherever we can. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you do what you can and and hope for the best. Now, as a rancher preparing for an evacuation, right, you're sitting there on alert. Uh, you never know when, when the call will come that you have to pick up and leave on a moment's notice. What, what do you do to prepare yourself to make sure you're, you're ready to go as quickly as possible and, and to make sure your, your, your cattle are ready to be moved if needed? Yeah, you're constantly out there right now when you're in an alert area. These guys are, are monitoring their cattle. They're uh, making sure they know where it's at. They're watching the edge of that fire so that they know where it's uh, at and they've got a crew ready to jump when they need to and you know these come at a moment's notice and uh it's where the neighbors come together to help the guys that need to move them first and uh get them out of harm's way but it's uh it's a big daunting task and uh you know making sure you got the manpower and the horsepower uh literally mm -hmm. uh to do that so well, uh, I'm sure you, you've done everything you can to make sure you're, you're ready to go, and hopefully you do not have to go anywhere. Uh, I have one question specific to the White Rock Lake Fire, because we did hear from a, a rancher in the area. Uh, I think it was, if it wasn't earlier today, it was yesterday, they called our newsroom and talked about when this fire was first discovered. It was about 10 hectares in size, um, and, and the, the, the ranchers themselves, I guess some of them have some recognized government fire training uh, under their belts, uh, and they asked, you know, can we start attacking this fire from BC Wildfire Service? And they were told you have to sit there and wait for 48 hours. Uh, I'm just curious if you've heard of other stories such as this where, you know, ranchers themselves had the ability to maybe get a bit of a leg up on a fire like this, and then unfortunately were told not to fight it, and then it grew beyond, you know, what their capabilities obviously were at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed to hear that because um, the message just isn't getting through to everybody on both sides. Uh, we do actually have a legal right and a responsibility almost to go and attack those fires when they start and they're small. Um, I met with uh, Minister Conroy and Deputy Minister Rick Manmering uh, July 3rd, actually, so about a month ago, and with BC Wildfire Service, and, and it was agreed that... Um, when a fire is first spotted, uh, they do have that uh, ability or right if they've got the ability and the equipment to put on it to go out and actually be a first responder to it. Uh, there's just a couple things that really they need to do, and one is report the fire, uh, make sure that it's it's uh, known that it's there, and the second thing is to notify them that you're actioning the fire, and this uh, enables uh, a couple things. It enables you to then 
uh, be under the uh, liability insurance of government for work safe because they know you're on the fire. But it also is for your own safety if you're fighting it because if uh, something happens that they maybe have an opportunity to dump a load of retardant or something on it, they need to know that somebody's down there before they do that. So once those are done, uh, they're more than uh, able to do it. And, you know, we, we do get reports of uh, some forestry and some enforcement uh, that, that still haven't uh, clued into that, um, you know, being informed or understand that that is available to them. But it's important that the ranchers and the loggers, the stakeholders, that are able, and I can't stress that enough, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we everybody and their dog is out there and, and uh, it's got to be people that know what they're doing and, yeah. and equipment. And uh, I, I encourage it strongly uh, because we just need to get a handle on these and not get any more started because we just don't have the resources to get on them. And uh, we need to get the ones quick that we have a chance on. Well, maybe it sounds like there was a bit of a, a break in communication there that uh, could have been uh, maybe av- avoided some of the seriousness of the situation. So that's definitely unfortunate to hear. Uh, Kevin, I got to ask about the drought situation right now. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, watersheds in the area. The drought levels are rising. And you and I talked about this, I want to say it was three, maybe four weeks ago now, um, about this very situation and how it was having a, a big impact on your ability to get feed for your cattle and actually feed the cattle. And uh, one of the, the more... Um, um, telling quotes that I remember you telling me at the time is we're going to save these cattle from wildfires just to have them die in the winter because we don't have anywhere to feed them. They're going to starve to death. I imagine that situation hasn't sorted itself out by any means and has probably likely only gotten worse. Yeah, it's gotten actually a lot worse. Uh, the drought isn't uh, actually, uh, to be quite frank, the drought in British Columbia is not as bad, I don't think, as it is in the uh, other three western provinces. Really, we're in severe drought right from Lake Superior uh, to British Columbia. And, you know, had it not been for the fires, we probably would have squeaked through. With the fires, it's burning up a lot of our winter feed. And what it's not burning up, we're having to feed uh, some of that now. Uh, and we can't rely on... Uh, you know, Alberta, Saskatchewan, or Manitoba for feed supplies because they're extremely low too. Uh, so we, you know, we're in a mode right now right across Western Canada of trying to uh, get as much feed as possible up. Uh, we're putting grain land up where it uh, makes sense to do it that way uh, because the drought is affecting the grain farmers, not just the cattle producers, but uh, it's important that we keep those those cattle in the herd and alive because uh, if we have to put them into the food chain and, and uh, process these cattle, uh, it takes a long time to build your breeding herd back up and it would seriously um, impact our whole industry uh, for quite a few years to come. Yeah, I'm also hearing some stories right now, too, of, of, I believe it was in Alberta, some Alberta ranchers are starting to put their cattle on the market a little bit earlier than normal because because of, of some of the experiences they're dealing with when it comes to, to uh, a feed and the lack thereof. Is that something that, you know, I don't know if it's happened here in BC yet, but maybe some British Columbian ranchers are, are maybe wondering if that's an option that they might have to put forth here. Well, it definitely will be a consideration. Uh, you know, it's, it's a part of your management. Uh, you, 
You're dealing with uh, livestock and living animals that need uh, to be uh, well cared for, and if if we haven't got enough food to put on the on the in the trough for them, um, you know we have to do the humane thing and and put them uh, on the market. And by putting them on earlier rather than later, you're actually preserving enough feed that you'll be able to keep more in your herd. So. You know, it's, it's, there's really, if you take a look at it, there's so many days of feed you need. If you've got 100 cows and you have to feed them for 150 days, then, you know, you're going to have, you know, 15,000 feed days. And so you got to understand uh, in your head how many feed days of feed you got available and uh, that's how many cows you keep. And, uh, you know, it's just the reality of it. And a lot of guys are out trying to source other feed sources and everything, but... It comes to a point where you can't save them all, so you make some selections and you keep your best and work towards a plan to rebuild those over the next three to five years. And, and, and you mentioned a lot of ranchers now trying to, to figure out where they're going to get that feed source from. What, what sorts of conversations are, are you aware of that was happening? I remember you you'd mentioned to me someone in the mainland who was planning to to, uh, I can't remember the farming terminology off the top of my head, but you know we're willing to go about and start haying the land as opposed to uh, doing whatever else with it. Are you hearing more and more, you know, people in, in other jurisdictions being able to step up to the plate to provide some hay and provide some other feed sources to to help you guys out, or is that kind of uh, an individual by individual basis to try and find out where where some of that feed is coming from? No, you know, it's this is one of the things that in times of crisis. Uh, the agriculture community really does come together, and uh, we are, uh, you know, seeing other sources uh, where, you know, the guys are are able to even squeak out a few bales here and there, and every every pound of feed helps, and so uh, we're seeing that. We're also seeing, you know, uh, right out in eastern Canada, they got an ample amount of feed, and they're trying to look at ways of is there a feasible way to get these. Um, this feed from the Maritimes into other parts of the country, and that's a difficult one for them uh, to do because of cost. But, uh, you know, there is other sources that are being found, and there's other sources of feed uh, that, that we can use to get us through tough times of, you know, grains and different types of roughage, but uh, we're, we know we'll be short. Does, uh, does the lack of feed ever drive, you know, cattle to start, eating something that maybe they should have. I, don't, I know there's been some talk about invasive plants in the TNRD area right now and, and some of the concerns that those particular plants might uh, might have in terms of, you know, poisonous or toxic to, to different animals out there like cattle. Does that ever happen, or is that something that, you know, you guys are on top of making sure your, your cattle are eating the right food here? Well, you, you try and keep on top, but, but on years like this, you do see certain plants, uh, you know, Nature is a, a wonderful thing, uh, but it can also uh, be a, a bit of a cruel thing, too, where on certain years where it's drought and stuff, it might, uh, some weeds will grow that typically don't grow. And, or it's more so that they may always be there, it's just the cattle don't prefer them. And on a year like this, they find them and they eat them. It's the only green thing out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like water hemlock and stuff like that that are, uh, seeing a little more evidence of. So it's a matter of that's one of the things that 
uh, ranchers always have to be aware of is what is out in that field and what are those cattle eating and making sure it is uh, good, acceptable food. And uh, we're not too bad here in B.C., but there is some, I think, a bigger concern for us right now uh, is water contamination. Uh, when we get heat the way we do, and especially when we see water levels, a lot of evaporation in a lot of these uh, lakes and sloughs. And when you get those those lower levels, uh, shallower water, you get uh, blue-green algae growing, and that's very toxic uh, for, for livestock, for wildlife, even for dogs. And it's one of the things that uh, we really are cautioning people to be on the lookout for in the lakes uh, and waters this year uh, out there in, in, the, in the countryside. Lots of, of stuff to go over there, Kevin. So I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, but I really appreciate your time. You always got some, some very interesting things to say, and uh, I always enjoy having you on. So uh, be, be safe out there. That is my, my number one thing to say to you since I know you're in that evacuation alert area right now, and hopefully you don't have to go anywhere, but I know you're, you're taking all the steps that you have to in order to be prepared. So really appreciate your time. Again, stay safe, and thank you so much for this. Absolutely, Jeff, anytime, and uh, thanks very much for, uh, for the interest here. Awesome. Kevin Boone right there, General Manager of the BC Cattlemen's Association. Thank you so much, Kevin. Like I said, so much to go over within that uh, within that conversation, whether we're talking about the concerns with the feed issue right now and getting some of that into the hands of BC ranchers so they can actually keep their cattle. Are they going to have to put some of those cattle to market earlier than expected? You know, as, as Kevin mentioned, I mean, maybe that's just the humane thing to do. If you can't feed them, you might as well put them to market a little bit sooner um, and, and, and help your own operations in that way. Um, obviously, ranchers are obviously just worried about their own properties right now. Kevin Boone, as mentioned, you know, he's kind of on the outskirts of where the evacuation orders are right now for the White Rock Lake fire. He's been doing some water suppression efforts around his property to try and make sure it's as safe as possible and, and obviously is on evacuation alert. So he's doing his best to make sure he is ready to go on a moment's notice if that is indeed what has to occur.